Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Wow, I didn't even know we were on the air. Uh, thanks for the heads up, Jonathan. Uh, I hope that wasn't too big a lapse. Dead air is not a good thing. Uh, my name is Earl, Earl Stewart. Uh, this is the Earl on Cars, Earl Stewart on Cars show. You just heard a recording, and I was yakking about my key and uh, talking to Rick Kearney, our technical expert here on the show. So I'm hoping most of you uh, heard everything about our introduction. We're here to help you uh, buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car uh, without being ripped off by a car dealer in a nutshell. So i uh, got a lot of regular listeners. And uh, every week, we hope we get a bunch of new listeners. And I say listeners, I'm talking viewers, too, because we're all over cyberspace, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And uh, if you need to uh, contact us any way, shape, or form, we have all sorts of various avenues. And, of course, good or reliable, the one we kind of like, from a personal standpoint, because personality comes through on the telephone. So... You know, I never thought I'd be thinking of a telephone as an old-fashioned thing, but it is. And uh, the number, if you want to call on the old-fashioned telephone, is 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Love to hear from you. And uh, in a minute, I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart, my co-host, and she'll tell you about a very special incentive for our female callers. Now, we also have an old-fashioned text line. There I go again. Not as old-fashioned as telephones, but I'm a texter, and uh, I prefer text-to-phone calls, personally. I prefer to uh, Facebook Messenger and other forms of communication. But, yeah, you got Snapchat, and you got all that other stuff out there. Um, here's the old-fashioned text number. Area code 772-497-6530. That goes write to us, and uh, that's dedicated to the show, EarlOnCars.com. That's who we are, Earl Stewart on Cars. That text number again is 772-497-6530. So, we, we like your questions. That, it kind of is the heart of the show. We say you make the show. We're not just saying that to flatter you out there, because let me tell you, we're on until 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it was just us in the studio here. And by the us, I mean Rick Kearney. He's a certified diagnostic master technician, answer any technical questions about cars. And we've got Stu Stewart, who is my son, uh, general manager of my dealership. I do have a car dealership. This is not an infomercial, I hasten to add. But uh, he's kind of like the hands-on guy that... Uh, 
in the trenches every day. He, he sees the car business in the 21st century and in uh, the current situation of the pandemic. And uh, he, he gives us a, a reality check on everything we talk about on the show because everything's changing and the car <coughs> business is changing very fast. And we got Nancy Stewart, I mentioned a little earlier. Uh, she's not only my wife for many years, but she's the founder of this show with me back 20 years ago. That's many too, right? Uh, we start out at a half an hour. I think the name was always Earl on Cars. And uh, we just expanded. We went from a half hour to an hour, and now we're two hours. So I digressed a little bit. The point being, we just can't chat among ourselves for two hours. We need your calls. And if you will call, area code 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. We will prioritize that call. Um, Nancy is monitoring the incoming calls. And we have a control room. And we go to Nancy's uh, PC, lap laptop. When she sees a telephone call, uh, no matter what we're doing, we stop it and we take the telephone call. Now, we also monitor another, and I, I, I left it for last, but it's actually our most popular form of communication. And it's an anonymous feedback line uh, that is a web uh, address. And the web address is just www.youranonymous.com. A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S. Feedback, just the way it sounds, dot com. Your anonymous feedback dot com. We get a large number of uh, feedbacks on that. And um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm through trying to figure out why. I, I guess people like their privacy, and you, know, you don't like to be annoyed. Uh, so you, you say your piece, and no one's going to follow up and try to sell you anything or argue with you, you just shoot it out there and bam, it's in cyberspace. We see it, we don't know who you are, uh, we don't know anything about you, uh, and it's very popular. Youranonymousfeedback.com. We love to hear questions, that's our favorite, you know. If you have something that you know that we don't know, and a lot of you do, we have some extremely smart people out there, and there's not a week goes by that we don't learn something from our callers. But we, the questions are good, too, because your question, even though you don't think it's a rocket science question, it's probably something on the minds of hundreds or maybe thousands of people. Some people are embarrassed. Some people don't like to ask questions. Some people think, if I ask a question, I'm dumb. You're not dumb, trust me. Uh, this car business is a minefield, and the car dealers are very clever. We'll get into this later in the show about why and how they do it, but let me tell you, uh, when you're buying a car, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have some help, and that's what we're here for. We're here to help you. So, uh, I'm going to turn the mic microphone over to Nancy Stewart, and she will tell you about uh, what you could do if you're a woman, female caller, that will be a real pleasant surprise to some if you haven't heard the show before. But uh, Nancy, tell them all about it. I will. I like that little tilt you have in your hat this morning. Oh. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, ladies. Uh, would you like to share a purchasing 
uh, or service experience with us, we would love to hear from you. The first two new lady callers can win yourself $50 this morning. Uh, you don't have to share a purchasing or servicing mm -hmm. experience. You can just give us a call and say hello, and uh, maybe you have some advice for us. 877-960-9960. Give us a call. 877-960-9960. We would love to hear from you, and I'd love for you to help me build the platform here for the ladies. Let me assure you there's no catch or gimmick usually if you listen to a free offer you hear well there's no such thing as a free lunch and people out there maybe haven't heard the show before women say I'm not gonna call that show for 50 bucks nobody gives me 50 bucks there's always a string there's no string there's no conditions if you're female and you call the show and you haven't called the show before that's the conditions you just have to be female and call the show we're doing that to build the, the female listeners, and we've done a great job. Nancy's done the job, and we have a huge number uh, compared to where we started, which was zero. And we're, we're trying to hit parity, 50-50, so no conditions, 50 bucks. Please believe us if you haven't called the show before and you're a female. Back to you. Yes, ab absolutely. And we'd like to uh, hear from um, everyone and how they were able to take control when they walked into a dealership, whether it be service, whether it be purchasing, leasing, anything at all. Again, that number, 877-960-9960. And don't forget, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And if you want to remain anonymous, please do so at www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now I'll hand it back to Earl. Okay, and I'm just gonna. I'm Excuse gonna go me. to the stew store in a second. I have to. I have to interrupt everyone because we have a phone call. Oh, great! And uh, Howard is uh, holding. Howard is one of our regular callers from uh, Jupiter. Good morning, Howard. You there, Howard? Yo, Howard. Don't hear Howard. Hey, Howard. Um, if we got disconnected, just give us a call back. Um, we'll uh, we'll look for your call. Yeah. Back to uh, think uh, Rick's got some. Uh, yeah, Rick. Uh, I'm going to introduce Rick again. Then he's got a YouTube, right? Oh, we do. And uh, I just want you to remember, if you have any kind of question about something with your car, do I need to get this fixed? Is this dangerous? Uh, maybe I can fix it myself. Uh, maybe. Uh, I should uh, sell the car because it might do it. You know, all these questions, squeak, rattle, roll, smell, vibration, something that you're nervous about, but you just don't want to go into that car dealer and get hosed. So you call Rick, maybe he can save you some money. And Rick, uh, let's see, what's that YouTube got to say? We have Rico West is asking, hey Earl, do you think the manufacturers have learned their lesson regarding the shortage of microchips? Well, I think uh, some of them have and some of them haven't. And, uh, of course, I don't think anybody learned their lesson about the pandemic effect on the world. Uh, any sort of a worldwide uh, thing is hard to anticipate. So nobody guessed that. And uh, I don't blame anybody for getting caught, pardon the expression, with their pants down during the uh, microchip shortage. Microchips are something that we use in everything. It's in, it's in your watches. 
it's uh, I started to say your shoes. They probably are in the shoes. I, I bet I they are. <laughs> My everything you build now has got a microchip, and nobody even knew what a microchip was. Most people, and uh, suddenly with this worldwide surge in demand, and the microchip suppliers supply everybody in the world. And yeah, we're short of microchips, and uh, probably won't happen again. But the first time, I don't blame anybody. Well, you, you say even in your shoes. <laughs> look how many, no seriously, look how many people have special, uh, their shoes are connecting into their watches and their phones for fitness reports, you know, as to how they're doing with running and walking and all this. Yeah, there's microchips in there. Yeah, I'm going to Google The shoes one. that light up when you step on them. Oh, you know, that's the right. Ones that the kids have. Those have got a microchip. Okay. All right. Simple yeah. as it is, it's there. Yeah. So uh, you call Rick, uh, you call Nancy. And uh, you call the show. Now, let's go to my son, Stu. He's in charge of our undercover operation, our, our cyber undercover agent that goes out every week. And he's also our hands-on guy in the real live world of today, automobile dealership. And uh, he runs our, our dealership, and he is uh, on top of things. So, Stu, uh, how are we doing? Well, it's, uh, it's good to be back. I, I took a little break. I had a, a little vacation in the meantime. My substitute, Josh, I hope he, uh, I hope he did well. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch any of the old shows. Yeah, I think he wants your job. He was the only, he did oh, really? real well, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we can, we can set up a rotation or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That would be nice. It's kind of early for me. If you're tired, don't worry about it. Josh will be back. I'm That's only right. kidding. <laughs> we missed you. We missed you. No, it was, uh, it was good to get back into the swing uh, doing the mystery shopping reports. Um, yeah, like you said, it's... Uh, I mean, it's great information for the show, sorry. but oh, we got a caller. Yeah, I Howard. Love it. I'm sorry, I love Stu. It. Howard is back. Uh, welcome back, Howard. I'm glad you called. Good morning. Thank you for thank you for taking my call. Help all of you find. And um, uh, my question uh, is about uh, the 2022 model um, Camry that I'm interested in. Uh, I guess they're out by now. Is that correct? Yes. We're starting How to are they different than the 2021? Uh, not different at all. Um, they're just they're the same body style. Um, I could be wrong. There might be a small uh, detail here and there that they might have changed. Usually they'll do that between. They're always years. little stuff, yeah. yeah. But nothing, nothing major. Same engine, um, you know, same option packages, same gas mileage. Okay. So the, uh, it started in 2018, correct? Uh, it's, just, it's the same model in 2018, and that was 2022. Yeah. Uh, so how has the Camry been improved since 2018, or has it? Well, it's the same body style, so any changes are just t typically cosmetic. Um, t Toyota and most manufacturers used to do a five-year product cycle with, uh, with cars and a little bit longer on trucks and SUVs. And, uh, but they kind of mixed that up in the last decade. Like we've had, uh, I remember we had two different model Camrys in 2014. We had the 2014 and the 2014 and a half, and then it changed in 2015 again. So. It was just Toyota reacting to um, you know some of the competitive uh, pressures on design. Hey, Stuart, let me jump in yeah. there a little bit. You know, when we talk about changes from a 20, 21, 22, uh, we talk about features that uh, options and accessories and things like that, safety uh, items. Uh, every car that comes out, Hondas, uh, Subarus, whatever they are, the first year and the third year of that same car. Are, are quite different in terms of changes that you maybe don't even know about. And what happens when you build a car today, I don't care who the manufacturer is, 
they're glitches. And uh, we see them in the car dealerships, and uh, sometimes they're not advertised and you don't know about them. But I always recommend, if you, if you can, take the latest model car. If you're going to buy a new car, buy the latest model. You won't find any 2020 new uh, Camrys, uh, but you'll probably find 2021s, maybe not that many during the shortage. But go with the current model. The current model, even though you don't have the major changes, you have the the kinks are out, right, Rick? I mean, you know, you see the technical service bulletins, and and you see people bring things in sometimes on recalls. In two or three years, that's pretty much washed out, and you got yourself a good, reliable car. So I'm sorry, Stu, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, but I think you you made you made the point right there. It's not really a major thing. So. Usually, when you just see those uh, big model, the model changes, that's when you see the major changes uh, to the, um, you know, the more uh, uh, important things like engine and, and uh, size and, and, and design. What's on the horizon for the 2023? Um, uh, I don't know. Um, they they kind of keep that close to the vest. We don't. They don't give us a lot of sneak, uh, a lot of leeway time when we. Get we read about the newspaper like you do. <laughs> Most of the time, it is that somebody leaks it and it's in. Uh, it comes out in like Motor Trend or somebody sh- puts a picture on the internet. Um, it's usually within uh, a couple of months of a launch. They will give us like sneak peeks at dealer meetings. They'll ha- they have one, and uh, I don't know if they're going to keep doing it. It's, it's scheduled for Las Vegas. I don't know if they're going to do it with COVID, but. Uh, um, they'll show they'll have the car show and they'll roll them out on stage. Sometimes they're not even real cars. They might, might not be an engine and they'll roll them out with wheels and they'll show a concept or a close to production design. Howard, they don't like car dealers to uh, speak out about things. And, uh, you know, if, if they have a new model and they share it with the dealers, if a dealer shows that uh, to somebody like in the press, they get uh, criticized. And uh, I get criticized a lot because I get a lot of calls from reporters. I had a Time Magazine reporter call me two days ago, and I get calls from the media, because I guess I've been around a long time, and uh, uh, I've been admonished uh, on more than one occasion uh, when they thought I was blabbing something to Mm -hmm. the press. So, yeah, we have to, when we do find something out, we're not supposed to tell you, and, uh, but it's usually in the press, because no one pays attention to it, and uh, you read about the new developments, and I'll have my customer call, oh, I hear the Camry's got this. Oh, I hadn't heard that. And then I call Toyota to find out for sure. Is it true that the um, Camry picks up uh, from the Lexus uh, if something's on, uh, you know, an uh, option on the yeah. Lexus? Yeah, we see that a lot. Uh, Camry yeah. will pick it up. Is that correct? We always, yeah, they always let the, uh, especially on the luxury features, um, they, they they usually will put them on the Lexus first, and then we'll see it, um, you know, a model or two later, or usually the next model. Okay, you know what? I'm interested. Uh, I don't know if there's a possibility that Toyota. Um, I know certain luxury cars have the availability. Is if you're getting, uh, you're driving, let's say, 50 miles an hour, and you're getting too close to another car on the right, it pulls you away. Yes. Uh, does Does Camry or Toyota have that feature yet? They, they have it with a lane trace assist and, and lane keep assist. Um, it, I don't think it works directly with the car. I think it's just with the lane. Um, Rick has, has his finger up. What you're talking about is the adaptive cruise control, the radar cruise. Yeah, we have. And that. every model of Toyota right now has that available. Yeah, but if a vehicle moves close to you, it's not going to move you away. No, uh, I thought side. you meant uh, if you're coming up behind yes. them in a lane. Oh yeah, adjust your speed right. and will actually it will, break. It will adjust your speed. Now, a vehicle approaching from the side, it won't adjust for that. No. 
But if you start drifting towards the edge of the lane, the lane marker, or out of the lane, it will pull you back into the lane. And, that, yes. and we're talking autonomous cars. That's part of yeah. an autonomous car. We take it for granted now. It's been out for a long time. And we're, they're kind of creeping up. And one day you want to walk out and suddenly the whole damn car is going to be autonomous. It's yeah. not going to happen overnight. I can't wait. But it is just a matter <laughs> of time. And, uh, yeah. and that's what yeah. you... Yeah. I have a question for you, Stu, in uh, <clears throat> reference to what Howard mentioned about the 2018 mm -hmm. uh, to the cars now. Has there been a great advancement in the safety features uh, from the Camry 2018? No. To today? No. Toyota started, um, like, and I know that the Earl will not want me to turn this into a Toyota commercial, but I think every manufacturer has their own version of this. Toyota calls it Toyota Safety Sense 2.0, and they began um, introducing as standard equipment um, all the latest technological safety features. Um, and uh, now not every car got all of them, but as, as we've moved along between 2018 and now, and I couldn't be 100% sure what year it was. But pretty much right now, and I'm just talking about the Camry, just about everything offered safety-wise is, is on the car as a standard feature. Um, there are some things that you move, can you move up to that are they consider luxury uh, safety features like bird's eye view, um, where you can see all around the car, and that's not standard on every car. But basically all the important safety features, and I'm going to probably go out on a limb and say most manufacturers have these as standard equipment right now because it's insane not to. That's interesting. You're using the word standard, so that's that's a, a great, yeah. great uh, I think feature you, we when you purchase. Yeah, a few a uh, few weeks ago we were on the show. We were talking about. I remember when side airbags were a um, an option on the car, and it was as I was a salesperson at the time, and it was hard to actually convince people to spend seven hundred dollars to upgrade, you know, and get side airbags, even though. It seemed like it was such a good idea, but now the manufacturers got with it. And, yeah. and Howard, thanks very much for the call. You uh, always uh, have some interesting questions that everybody has on their mind, and I hope we answered all of them for you. Yes, you did, and uh, keep safe. Thank you. You too, my friend. Have a great weekend, Howard. Always nice hearing from you. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6500. Don't forget uh, Earl's Vigilantes. Uh, we love our volunteers, and we're still looking for more. And you can go to Earl on Cars, and uh, you can take a look and sign up. We also uh, would like to, well, gather more volunteers for our seniors, uh, helping them to maneuver, you know, the uh, Internet. And uh, there's a lot of purchasing power right there. So go to Earl on Cars. And the free hat. Huh? And Earl is wearing the free hat. Vigilante <laughs> hat. So uh, you can go there and sign up and help us out. 877-960-9960. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to go back to Stu. Yeah, we got a, our first test. text of the day is from Anne-Marie. Hi, Anne-Marie. Hi, Anne-Marie. She says, in normal times, are there any aftermarket modifications to a vehicle that will increase its value other than it being owned by a celebrity? <laughs> the only thing I can think of is leather, honestly. I, I don't see, like, you can upgrade wheels and do all sorts of stuff, put spoilers on it, but that actually kind of limits the uh, the audience that a, a, you know, a reseller has a, ch a chance of selling it to. So You have to uh, be careful because if it's an after-the-fact addition, uh, they're very suspect. And, with leather, as Stu said, that's an exception because yeah. uh, aftermarket leather, if it's a good company, they do a good job, it, it really enhances yeah. the value. But most of the dealer-installed stuff is pure junk, 
and uh, be careful about adding anything to a car uh, that you think is going to help enhance the yeah. value. Like even um, like replacing, I've, I've, we've we've experienced this before in the past. You know, somebody's replaced the factory uh, radio or headset with it with an upgraded one, with a fancy one, and it might they, it might have cost them a lot of money. But then you have somebody looking at the car, considering buying it later, and, and wondering about the installation or the warranty, and it's just keep it simple and and you know don't over modify your car because you're not going to get you're not going to get value for it. Yeah, it really gets you in, <clears throat> in a whole lot of trouble. Excuse me, uh, Stu. We're going to go back to the phones. Uh, we're going to go to Minnesota, where Bob is calling us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Welcome. How are I was you? Talking to my local Toyota dealership yesterday and looking at ordering a Camry. Mm-hmm. And he said they're no longer ordering cars because the sh- plants are shut down in, in, the, in this country. Is that true? No, it's not true. Um, uh, Toyota did announce that they are cutting back production in North America by 40%, and that's going to affect availability. Availability is already affected. I mean, if they're telling you they have very few new cars, they're probably telling you the truth. Um, but, no, they haven't shut down entirely. You know, our dealership, we're taking orders. It just takes longer to fill them now with the shortages. Well, they won't even take an order up here. They said, don't bother giving us an order because we're not, we're not going to yeah, get the car this year. I don't know how, what, what your, what your uh, options are, but I would definitely contact a different Toyota dealership. Okay. I just thought I'd check on that yeah. no surprise. Yeah. How many Toyota dealerships in your town? Where, where in Minnesota um, are, do you live? St. Paul, Minneapolis, so it's, they get quite a few dealerships oh, yeah. here. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd make a, go online or make a few calls. Um, yeah, online is the name of the game, Bob. Get online, and uh, you could even go to AutoTrader and put in 2021-2022 uh, Camry, and that will show all of the new vehicles at different dealers based on zip code. So the uh, best thing for you to do is get a price online and then go back to one of your local dealers and see if they'll match it. And if they can't, then uh, you just have to make the trip. Or sometimes the deli- dealers are delivering cars now. So uh, the, the, the shortage, interestingly enough, and this is very strange, but the, the vehicle shortage of all, all, all vehicles is greater in terms of supply and demand than we've seen in a long, long time. And yet the total sales are extremely high. And uh, the profits to the individual dealers are even higher than that, and the profits to the manufacturers are even higher than that. So all the grief that you read about, the shortages, the microchip, the fact of the matter is cars are selling like hotcakes. And at our dealership, we've got about 30 cars on our lot. Typically, this time of year, we'd have 300 cars on the lot, and yet we're still selling more cars than we've ever sold before. But you say, how is that possible? Well. We sold the cars today that weren't there that are going to be coming in in two months or three months or 30 days. And every time a truck comes in, there's still a lot of trucks coming in, but every time one comes in and unloads, the customer that bought that two months ago is waiting to pick it up and Mm -hmm. take it home. So it's a very interesting, I've never seen this before, and uh, I've never seen... It's almost like we're Tesla now. Yeah, it's not. I mean, a car is it, is it a car shortage when you're selling a lot of cars? I mean, everybody's selling a lot of cars. Yeah, unusual time, for sure. Yeah, very crazy. Yeah. Well, Bob, I hope we answered your question. Yes, I have one more comment to make. I'm concerned about the Chinese problems right now with the 
owning, they're going to be owning Afghanistan, and the, all the electric cars are coming out in 2030. That's being a requirement, and they're going to take over the entire market, aren't they? Uh, China, no, I. Uh, it, it's uh, the Chinese. Uh, the Chinese are great manufacturers. They build things cheap, uh, and uh, cheap in the good sense. They, they, they're they, their manufacturing is quality, and because the people get paid very little, uh, and they're efficient, I mean, I've got to say that too, uh, they, they do that very well. But in terms of uh, design and engineering, uh, uh, the Germans, uh, the United States, uh, uh, really are the leaders uh, in that category. So uh, the Chinese have very few cars that I know of uh, that are... Uh, popular anywhere else in the world except China, and uh, although a lot of cars are sold in China, these are cars like Tesla you mentioned, somebody did earlier, that are manufactured there, so they, they don't design and engineer cars as well as we do. I guess what I, was, what I was referring to, they're going into Afghanistan, they're going to control all the mineral rights in Afghanistan. That's and that's all, you get all your lithium batteries. Yeah, I haven't heard that. I, haven't, I, did, I didn't read that, but... Uh, uh, that's an interesting point. I'll I'll Google that. Yeah, it's it's came up the last few days that they got Afghanistan now. They're going to move in there and have all the mineral rights, uh -huh. and they're going to be providing all the batteries for the whole world. Yeah, I I, I, I would fact check. I'd fact check that if I were you, Bob. I'm not sure about that, but I, I'll definitely investigate. I'll put that on Snope.com, S-N-O-P-E-S.com. That's a good fact checker, and uh, you might Google that and, and get some cooperation. But uh, frankly, I'd be surprised if that were factual. But there's so much uh, fake news out there, uh, sometimes it's not fake. So uh, something you need to double check on. I, I'll, do, I'll do that and report back on the show what I find. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Great call from Minnesota. Yeah, Minneapolis. Stay in touch. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget to take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. I have a question real quick. It's about the Cybertruck. And um, I'm curious about the Cybertruck. I think I'd like to drive it. Uh, Rick. The windows break too easy for me. Pardon me? <laughs> Pardon me? He, he, the windows break too easy for me. I, I wouldn't <laughs> want that one. You need some thicker and tougher. It's really, uh, the styling is very interesting. And I was just wondering <clears throat> what kind of safety features, if you knew what kind of safety features it has. They have released nothing, nothing? about that. And it won't be out. I, couldn't, I couldn't find anything. Well, it won't be around yeah. for two years, so... If you order one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got the information is very limited. But I wonder how many ladies, if they could, would drive it. Interesting. Interesting thought. Did okay. you know our neighbor ordered one, Russell Bourne? Yes, yeah. uh, he did. Uh, but uh, I wonder if Nancy would uh, drive that. Um, at any rate, uh, we're going to go back to the phones where we're going to be talking to Marty. Good morning, Marty. Well, well, thank you. Uh, uh, my wife leased, uh, we got rid of the car already, but a 2019 Camry SE. And we had to buy a little better model to get the blind spot monitor. 
So the first thing I want to ask is, did they make that on all the Camrys now, the blind spot monitor standard, or do you still have to get a little better model for that? I, gotta look, I have to look that up, uh, Marty. Let me Give me a minute. Um, do you have another question while I look that up? Yeah. Now, on my Camry, I've got, a, I've got an XLE that was the top of the line of 2020. I've got a feature on mine which I know is not standard, but and I'm not talking about just rear cross-traffic alert. If you're backing up and somebody really gets in back of the car, the brake goes on by itself. Right, that's the pedestrian um, uh, protection. And, and that stops the car going in reverse. So, I mean, that's a, a good feature. But, I mean, on my Camry, I have a 2020. I happen to like it because the screen is right in the dash. I don't particularly like the uh, iPad look on, on the newer ones. I think that's the only cosmetic thing that I really noticed on a, on a newer Camry is that uh, everything is uh, more like you get an iPad sticking up in the front. But as far as the blind spot monitor, I think that should be standard on every uh, car. I wouldn't buy a car without it, Marty. I, I think that's uh, almost, uh, that should be like ABS brakes. They should have that as required on every car. Right. It's, it saved me many times. Yeah, since I didn't hear the beginning it of the is. show, did you get your t Tesla yet? I don't think so. <laughs> no, the Tesla hasn't come in yet. I'm, I'm starting to get. You know what I'm thinking about you paid doing? For it. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about contacting uh, an attorney, and have an attorney write Tesla. I paid for that car uh, three weeks ago, 100 percent. They have all my money, and they've been telling me I'm going to get the car in three days for the past three weeks. And every three days they move it up another day, and they have my money. They won't talk to me. They won't return my phone calls. Uh, they won't return my text, and they got my money. So uh, it's, it's starting to irritate me a little bit. Yeah. Now, I just heard this. I don't know if this was on the news, and I'm sure you heard about it, but somebody had the automatic uh, driving on a Tesla, and I think the guy either dropped his phone or something. Yeah, I read that. Way, yeah. And the car hit into somebody and killed somebody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know... I thought the car is supposed to stop on its own too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I can I can speak to that real quick because I'm 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 going to have to help train Earl when his gets in, make sure that he is <laughs> completely safe. Is the the underlying rule um, at this point in time with that kind of autonomy is don't trust the car. It's still an incredible, amazing thing. I drove up to Orlando and back on all autopilot. It's it's really cool, but you have to. It's it's just something that's assisting you because it can it does weird things sometimes it, it'll suddenly stop or swerve so you have to have your hands on the wheel. I was just going to ask it. you that, Stu. Yeah. Were your hands on yeah. the wheel? My hands are well. One hand is. And yeah. It asks you. It's to get, important that it yeah. is. Yeah. It just it asks you every minute to wiggle the wheel to make sure that you're paying yeah. attention. After but, all the reading that I did. Yeah, but it, it will do some strange things. So. Yeah. I think anybody who gets to an accident with the autopilot on a Tesla is probably doing something irresponsible. Uh, exactly. And also to answer, Let me ask you oh, real quick, I have the answer. The Toyota Safety Sense 2.5 is a, the Toyota suite of safety equipment, and all the Camrys um, have that, and that includes the uh, lane departure alert and uh, lane keep assist. And the blind spot? Uh, yeah, that's what that is. The blind spot monitor oh, is okay. the lane departure alert. Oh, yeah, and also it beeps when somebody comes in the uh, into the, the turning when you're about to change lanes. 
Okay. So that is different than the yeah. current, than the older camera. Yes, yes. Because right now, if somebody comes into your blind spot and say you're getting ready to turn, it doesn't beep. Yeah. Well, I do know on the LE, it's part of a package. For the XSD and the XLE, it's standard. So I do think yeah. to, there's a package, but it's available on it. You don't have to go up to the higher model. You just have to get a, um, a package with their yeah. blind spot monitor. Yeah. I test drove a Tesla Y, and I don't know if the one you have did the same thing, but if you take your foot off, <coughs> I'll call it the gas. I don't know if it's really the gas or, or you call it the motor. <laughs> just accelerator. But accelerator yeah the car itself started slowing down it didn't it like just didn't coast like a regular car yeah all Teslas all Teslas do that that's a that's like the automatic braking and that's uh you can actually drive a Tesla without ever touching the brake I mean you could you could stop yeah. all the time just by taking your foot off the accelerator now that's an, that's a yeah. setting you can adjust though if you're not comfortable with it you can adjust it to where it rolls and it feels more like a like yeah. a regular car Oh, okay. I just wondered if there is an adjustable yeah. adjustment. Yeah, it's really cool. You I'm can adjust. The camera. I'm stuck at the Camry. <laughs> well, I got I got some good news for the Camry. Uh, the the Ling Trace Assist, which is part of the, that yeah. package, is almost as good as the Tesla Autopilot. Hmm. It all does right. almost all the all same right. stuff. Yeah, I'm going to save my money and stick to Camrys. Thanks, Marty. There you go. Thanks, Marty. It's a great all car. Right. Have a good. Have a good one. Thank you, Marty. Bye -bye. You know, let, let me let me jump in here, uh, and uh, uh, we love Marty, and we love people talking about their cars. But we get, I get nervous. Stu sees me squirm when we start talking on and on and on about Toyotas because we're Toyota dealers, and uh, I don't want people this thinking this is an yeah. infomercial. But but the same token, when someone asks a question, uh, we're obligated to answer it. Uh, but I just uh, uh, if you have a Honda, if you have a Chevrolet, if you have a Lamborghini. Uh, we'd love to hear from you too. I don't care what you're driving. Tata. Any Saturns out there? Love to hear. Are any Saturns still on the road? I'd like to hear from a, a Saturn. There, I see them. I haven't yeah. seen them in a while. But uh, yeah, we uh, we do not try to sell you any cars on this show except for Toyotas and Teslas. <laughs> That's what we yeah. talk about. It just seems to be you know the uh, it's out there and everyone's interested in uh, what a great product uh, the Camry is and uh, the Honda is. The people we've had uh, we've had uh, our audience call about uh, the Saab, uh, which has been. Uh, discontinued so it's just a matter of curiosity and uh, our, our, our listeners our callers are interested in the information um, at any rate we're gonna stay with the phones and we're gonna go to Don who's calling us from Palm Beach Gardens good morning Don good morning I uh, called a couple times before but since you're talking about a Tesla I've owned four of them our fifth one's on order <clears throat> I don't know why Earl's having that trouble. Um, I have not, in the four that I bought, been, when they told me a delivery date, it was usually within a day or two. Yeah. And oh. uh, I just, I just, um, we ordered a plaid, we're trading in an X on a plaid. And I'll give you, I'm a semi-retired race car driver, so I like speed. All my Teslas have been uh, insane or ludicrous, or now it's plaid model. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, we ordered that three weeks ago, and, and as Earl knows, you have to uh, custom build your car, so they're not in stock. They build them. 
and we're taking delivery on this plaid today at uh, 1.30. Oh, my. What, why wow. are you, why are you getting yours and I'm not getting mine? Wow. I, 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 I don't it. know. I don't know. I don't understand that. But yeah. i got to agree with you on one thing. Uh, Elon better tighten up his ship because I'm a good customer. I also have two cyber trucks on order. And, uh, well, put in a good word for me, son. will you? And <laughs> yeah, just, let, yeah, let me funny. Don, let me ask you this. Don, sure. do you have the yes. full, did you get the fully autonomous feature on your plaid? Yeah. Yes, I paid for it. And I got, my, I got that on mine, too. And I, I, I have had mine paid for, and they keep, the, the delivery date now, what is today, the 21st? The delivery date is 21st, 22nd, or 23rd. Yeah. And it ain't going to happen dot com. And then uh, tomorrow it'll be uh, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. And they keep moving me yeah, forward. I, so I don't know. I don't understand that because my neighbor, Maybe he it's ordered the color. one the same time we did. And he, he ordered a gray one. I ordered a white one. His is sitting on the lot over there. Oh, that might be. Yeah, He's maybe you're right. Uh, mine's red. That's a special, special red. And uh, maybe that's it. I, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, Don, how, well, was the, know. Uh, how was your process, Don? Uh, was it completely it, it smooth? Was, uh, it was great. I, I have never had a problem, except now their customer service went totally to hell. I went in there yesterday on another issue to see what my neighbors was doing. And, uh, well, there's three people sitting behind computers there. They're all young geniuses, you know. And they have no idea how to treat a customer. Uh, I was the only one in the showroom that's bare. It's like, uh, uh -huh. you been in there? Uh, not a long time. Are you the one so in the garden small? Yeah, no, no, no. The one, their new one on Okeechobee. Okeechobee. Oh. I haven't been in there, no. Hey, on. They, they must have 150 Teslas there, but the showroom is very sterile. There's nothing in it except a, a couple desks with three computers and, and these so-called salespeople sitting there. Yeah. And I had asked, when I was there, I asked them about our Cybertruck because there's a million five hundred thousand of them on order. Yeah. And we ordered ours two years ago. Yeah. And I got a follower following on Facebook and these people are so like a hundred thousand in line or two hundred or three hundred or whatever. Yeah, that's because of deposit. So curious. That, that's because yeah, it only costs you a hundred dollars to deposit to order the car. Right. So <clears throat> I'm trying to find out what number we are in line. You know, we're not going to be the last one. We're not going to be the first. But yeah. I, we're right around one hundred and thirteen thousand last time I checked. <laughs> uh, so Don, uh, uh, Don, are you saying what? that you're your Tesla is going to be delivered to your home today at 1.30. No, we're going over to pick it up at 1.30. Yeah. We have to bring in a trade-in. We're trading in the X. Yeah. So you're going to go back down to Okeechobee Boulevard? Yes, at 1 o'clock. We're picking at 1 to 1.30. I see. So, but uh, I asked one of the girls behind the computer, could you look, she get my phone number and look up my order on the cyber truck and she said we can't tell you what number you are and she was very snotty about it hey don and listen said, well, don will you do me a favor when you go to pick sure. your car up ask him to call me please i would love to do that i, but I, I will do it but i'll be lucky if i can get an answer yeah i, I just say what I, I got a friend of mine and, and he got the same car exactly that i got and he's he ordered it in may and he's already paid for it and they, you keep moving his delivery date up, and maybe they can give you an answer, or maybe they can give me an answer. They won't talk to me. I call, I call out there. They won't call me back. They won't text me back. Don, <laughs> when did you order your Tesla? Three weeks ago. 
Oh, oh, man. oh, Lord. Oh, man. I, I think Elon doesn't like me. That's what it is. He something, something. There's a breakdown yeah. in communication somewhere. There has to be. Yeah, really, there's something screwy there. I don't understand. Yeah, something's not right. You know, and these are plaids. Now, you got a plaid, too, didn't you? A plaid. Yes. A plaid. Yeah. The special yeah. color plaid with the totally autonomous feature. And speed well, you're going to love it when you get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know my background is in racing, drag racing, and uh, I know what nine-second cars are. That's incredible. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a great. It'll be worth the wait. But his uh, customer hey, well, service. Is if I ever get mine done, I'll meet you out at Moroso, and we'll we'll uh, have a drag race. I will be out there tonight at six o'clock racing that car for five hundred dollars to win. Wow! Wow! You're my kind of guy. So exciting. I'll be. I'll be there tonight. All right. <laughs> and Don, um, Don, did you say you ordered the Cybertruck? Uh, two. Of, one, I ordered one, and my son ordered one two, about a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. Hmm. Okay. We expect to get it in the spring. So, uh, Don, were you in? Uh, were you in? Uh, well, communication with the people on Okeechobee Boulevard from the time you ordered the car, uh, and in between the time, was there constant communication between you? I'll be honest. To be honest with you, my son did it, and he never talked to. He never what? Never spoke to anybody. So I don't know. I'll I'll find out for you. I could call yeah. you back later and let you know. Please. Okay, now thanks very I'll much for all that information, that. and sure. keep keep me posted. Call again, please. I'll I'll do that. See you at Moroso. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, ladies, uh, don't forget, uh, I've got uh, $50, $50 for the first two new lady callers uh, weigh in and, uh, you know, uh, share some thoughts with us or if you have any questions or if maybe you want to share your experience of a, uh, you know, a, a purchasing or servicing, anything at all. We'd love to hear for you from you. And $50. To the first two new lady callers. Take advantage. 877-960-9960. You got any text over there other than Tesla and yeah. Toyota? Oh, I do. I got a good one. <laughs> good. All right. We got a text that says, how can you remove a bad case of sap on a car? And I got an answer for you. It's sap remover. You can buy sap remover. At like at Amazon, Walmart, auto parts store, it's, uh, you spray it on the car and wipe it off. Oh, cool. Don't let the sap stay on there any longer than you absolutely have to. Get oh. it off as soon as possible. Right, because you'll get the sap off, and then you'll see etching in the clear coat on the paint. Yes. And that's not sap. That's just damaged. Um, it's no longer shiny there. So right. you Okay. And ask and answer. Ask and answer. And th there's also something else. I don't know if it's available. I know our detail department uses a decon soap, a decontaminant soap. And I don't know if that's – I'm sure that's commercially available, but oh, we, yeah. we use that as well. But they also do a clay. There's a whole process. So if it does etch the paint, if it's not too deep – it can be restored to a degree, but like Rick says, go yeah. on, go on YouTube and look in for clear coat repair and clay bar, as in yeah. clay like the clay we used to play with as kids. Yeah, clay bar, right? Polishing, yeah. and you will find tons of information about how to help exactly. make your car look better. And That's ladies right. and gentlemen, <clears throat> you're going to find tons of free answers right here to all of your questions. And we do appreciate you, so give us a call. We're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to John. He's calling us from West Palm Beach. Good morning, John. Hey, good morning. Good oh. morning. I have, so, <laughs> I have somewhat of a technical question. 
that's been uh, on my mind. <clears throat> when when I'm in cruise control, I have a, a you know a, not a smart car, but uh, when I'm in cruise control and it's got that tracking sensor, you know, and you get too close to cars, mm-hmm. uh, it'll apply the brakes. I know that when I apply the brakes, the light, the the, the brake lights come on. But when the car is being run by the computer and the sensors apply the brakes, are they applying brake to the engine to slow it down or to the trans? And do the brake lights come on? When the cruise control system simply reduces speed by reducing engine power, they do not. However, in a case where it does actually begin to apply the brakes, yes, they will come on. Huh. I think it should apply the brake light uh, anyway. I think it's a... Well, it's, it it's only... If, it if you're only you slowing do. down just a little bit, it's yeah. just like letting off the gas in your car. Yeah, your brake lights don't go on. Yeah, but when you're in, when you're in gridlock traffic, uh, if you're on, which you probably should be on cruise control, but when you're in relatively heavy traffic uh, and, you, and you're going along at a good rate of speed... You shouldn't be using radar cruise anyways. Then. Yeah, I know you shouldn't, yeah. but I'm just saying some people do anyway. <laughs> yeah, but if you're driving normally and you, and you eased off the gas a little bit in your car right now, if you're not in cruise control... You're I don't put the, you're right, I, don't, right. I, I can't put the brake light right. on because I only got right. one foot. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I have two feet, but I only use one, <laughs> one foot. And, not the same size, though. But uh, what I'm trying to get across to all the, all, everybody in, here and out there is that from a safety standpoint, I think it's a good idea because you can do it to flash the brake light when the automatic comes off the cruise control. That's just my humble well, opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, the other thing that happens is another way to turn off cruise control is by tapping the brakes, and that would accomplish the same thing, but yeah. then, you, then you're in yeah. control. Yeah. Interesting thing, I know we talk about Tesla a lot, but yeah. Tesla, when you're talking about how when you ease off the accelerator, it slows down, I was curious uh, about the brake light thing, and obviously you can't see your brake light unless you get somebody to follow you. There's a little indicator, and it's just, I noticed the same thing. If you ease off a little bit, the brake light doesn't come on. It mimics what a car would do if you eased off the accelerator. If you ease it off a little bit more and you start, there's a threshold where it puts on the brake light as if you were braking. Yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, Elon agrees with me. No, right. it, the drawback no. to having no, the lights when you ease off, it doesn't often. come on. Yeah. Have you ever been behind one of those people that they use both foot? They've I got hate one that. foot yeah. on the brake pedal, yeah. and even when they're accelerating, that other foot, they're touching the brake pedal, and their brake lights are coming on mm-hmm. even when they're accelerating. Yeah. I think that's and that's it. not a good idea. Right, right. because yeah. then you don't trust their lights, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, that is a good idea because then you get away from them. I, I see people like that. I, I go to another okay. lane. I get away from them. Okay, let's move along here. John, I hope uh, we answered your question. Yes, you did. Do you have any other questions? No, that no. It's too early in the show. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's great I, to I hear from you. On, I always comment on what other people call about. Okay. All right, well, thanks uh, for calling. Thank you. Thank- Thanks for calling, and uh, don't uh, go away. Stay there for the mystery shopping report that's coming up from Mazda of Palm Beach. It's going to be a doozy. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Okay, we're going to go back to Stu. Okay. Got another text here, similar to the caller from Minnesota. Uh, It says, Toyota is cutting North American production by 40%. Earl, how is this going to affect sales? Will it affect your Toyota dealership? Uh, I think it'll be a kind of a, a glitch, a hiccup. I don't think it's going to be, um, as I said earlier in the show, if you just tuned in, uh, the cars that we are selling on a monthly basis, record volume of cars for most car dealers, 
record numbers of cars. Uh, those are cars that were sold a month ago, two months ago, and came in on the truck. The reason there's a shortage of cars in dealers' lots is because we're selling them as fast as they come off the truck. Uh, you know, and so you go by a car dealership and there's an empty lot and you must think, hey, business must be terrible. Well, it's not terrible, it's fantastic. The lot's empty because we can't build an inventory because people are buying them faster than we could get them in. So uh, that's the situation. Now this thing with manufacturing, that could be serious. Depends on how long it stays. If they, if they knock off the production significantly uh, for a long time, yes, it will have a negative effect on profits and sales. But uh, my guess is it will be a temporary thing. And when man one manufacturer slows down, another one doesn't. And it's it's gonna um, it's just gonna delay the time that these pre-sold cars um, arrive and the customers can take delivery. It's yeah. it's uh, you know most of the, these cars that are pre-sold haven't been built yet. So yeah. all they're announcing is that yeah. at least in our case, uh, eighty percent of the cars that you got coming your way, yeah. they're not gonna be built yet. Here, here's the, the phenomenon that I, I mean I I just learned this as a car dealer for many many years. Uh, when people want to buy something bad enough. If they don't have a red one, they'll buy a blue one. If you don't have a Mazda, they'll buy a Subaru. If they don't have a Chevrolet, you'll buy, they'll buy a Ford. I'm exaggerating a little bit because everybody doesn't do that. Some people want what they want, but they can order it, and then the factory will build it, or the dealer. Remember, dealers are selling not just from their inventory, from a pool of uh, hundreds of dealers, or thousands of dealers, because everybody's online. So. Uh, the thing that car dealers and consumers are finding it hard to get in their minds, how are people buying so many cars when we got a microchip shortage? Well, because the manufacturers can still build the cars as fast enough to put them in the, in the customer's hands, and that's what's happening right now. Huge supply, but it's all in the pipeline and being delivered immediately. Okay. Good point. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and okay. we are going to be talking to Bill from West Palm Beach. Oh, good morning, Bill. Good morning, guys. The other day you were talking about deceptive advertising on your shop, Mystery Shopper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the inventor of that, remember uh, Potemkin? Potemkin? Yeah. 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 Yeah, he was a, he's an old-timer, started out in New York, and uh, family operation, and pretty big. Yeah, I remember Potemkin Cadillac in Fordham Road in the Bronx. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. He, he, yeah, they were he was the, the master. pioneers in deceptive advertising. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he, he wrote the book. <laughs> well, a lot of guys, there are a lot of books, and a lot of people wrote them. And uh, car dealers, because of the lack of regulation, enforcement of laws and rules, uh, and uh, heavy lobbying and, and, uh, and Congress and other places, uh, they get away with bloody murder and they get away with deceptive advertising. And if your competition is doing it, a lot of people feel like you got to do it, and so it spreads. It's a uh, cancer, deceptive advertising. But, uh, it still exists. It's almost as bad today as it was 50 years ago, and that's saying something. Yeah, and and yeah, Bill, 
Uh, you know, here here's my thoughts. Uh, you know, the it still exists today. It's alive and well. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, you think by now in the 21st century, there'd be something done about the deceptive advertising uh, because it is everywhere. And uh, this is a rhetoric question, you know, how long ago was uh, what, we, what we're talking about right now about this dealer? I mean, many, many, many years ago. So there's a lot of work to be done in that, uh, that, that department. Yeah, he was, he was on the top of the list. Uh, another one in terms of uh, maybe not disrespecting the customers, but disrespecting his salesmen. When I worked for him, I kept a jar of Vaseline. Uh, Fred Hozak. Yeah. From Palm Beach Dodge. Yeah, yeah. Fred Hozak. Yeah, Palm Beach. Yeah, yeah Palm Beach Dodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, uh, there's nothing, uh, just when I think I've heard all the tricks, uh, we find a new one. Sometimes, the reason I like the Mystery Shopping Report, and so many people like like that part, segment of the show, every now and then we find a brand new trick. I mean, not, not often, but there's always something new uh, to take advantage of a customer. And you know, if you give it a lot, enough thought, you come up with something new. So, Bill, it's good to hear from you, old-timer like me. And uh, it's interesting to think about what we did back then and what's being done now, not so different, unfortunately. Just smarter because the customer's yeah. getting smarter, but the dealers are getting smarter too, and watch out. That's the reason we exist, Earl on Cars. Thanks yep. for calling, Bill. That's why I love your show. Oh, you thank you, Bill. Have a great day, and I'll try to remember stuff for next week. Oh, thank I you. I appreciate it. Thank we, you. We appreciate your call. Yeah, that You're right about that, Earl. Uh, the consumers, they're on fire. They do their homework. Uh, they just investigate every aspect of a purchase, of anything at all, and the Internet is very powerful. Yeah. Okay. How's the calls going? Short of YouTube? It's quiet over here quiet right over now here. on YouTube. How's it checking? Uh, we have some on uh, over here on a regular text line, and we also have some anonymous feedback coming in. But we're going to get to that after this caller. Okay, we're going to go to John. He's a regular caller from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Nobody talks about the, we know used cars are way up in value, but nobody says anything about the collector cars. The collectors, many of them are frustrated because the live auction shows were canceled during this uh, COVID-19 situation. Yeah. So like for 18 months or so, Barrett Jackson and all the leaders, they canceled their live shows. But actually what happened is it looks like pre-war cars are way down in value and some other post-war cars are way up. Huh. So it's, it's like a stock market. But last weekend was a tremendous auction in Pebble Beach, California, run by Gooding & Company. They're one of the leaders in the ultimate cars. By the way, mostly Ferraris, Maseratis, but there was cars uh, there, like Nancy would be interested, a 57 Nash Metropolitan, 57 Volkswagen Beetle, etc., 65 Volkswagen. But here's what happened. The, the leader was a 1995 McLaren, huh. $20,465,000. A 59 Ferrari, wow. $10,840,000. Now, the reason I mention these figures, this is for the terrific high rollers, okay? Oh, sure. But it, it does show 
that the interest is still there in collector cars, including, like I mentioned, they even put a 57 Nash in there and a Volkswagen. So there was something basically for everybody. Yeah. But the record was set, and people are anxious. Major shows all last year were canceled, including the largest car show in the world, which is held at Hershey, Pennsylvania. But it's on again for this October, and they do have an auction there, which is run by R&M. John, is that an all-time market of uh, paid for an, uh, a collector car, for an antique car, $20 million? Well, here's what I started thinking, too. You and I know, Earl, that the average person or a wealthy person, I mean, just picture, at these live auctions, you have to pay the sales tax on the spot, no matter where it's sold. California, I forget what the sales tax <laughs> is. But wow. before that car leaves, so you and I know, that the people that are buying this are dealers. They have they have a dealer's license, oh, yeah. and they do not have to pay the sales tax on yeah, it. Yeah, right. But you imagine an average person that buys a car even for a million and has to, <laughs> on the spot, pay that sales tax. It's like unbelievable. Well, if you got a, a million dollars to buy the car, uh, the 60000 isn't going to bother you too much. Yes. I agree with you, but maybe <laughs> not the guy with the $20 million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he'll buy it through a dealer who has a resale. And I uh, just want to mention, but, you know, nostalgia, I appreciate the guy that called up about New Hampshire, I mean, uh, uh, Potemkin. Uh-huh. Rick, last week, mentioned a video about an air condition that he saw that a car had the Mickey Mouse or added air condition throughout the, uh, the rear doors. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'll go back to the General Motors Futurama show in 1953. And I was there, I was only just started high school. Buick and Cadillac were the first ones that came out with factory air condition. Yeah. And the air condition came from the trunk, the evaporator, the compressor was in the engine, it looked like the size of a Volkswagen engine, <laughs> and the ducts were in the rear panel, rear seat above an apostle panel, and there were plastic ducts that brought the air in from the trunk, and believe it or not, they had, they got, um, uh, uh, they, they weren't clear plastic after a while, but they were replaced under warranty. Yeah. But that was a true story on the first year of factory air conditioning, that it came in from the trunk, and by the way, it took about a quarter up of the trunk, yeah. and only Buick and Cadillac that year had the air condition from factory. Just picture a car today that you buy from any dealer and it doesn't have AC in it here in South Florida. Look out. That used to be one of our, one of our favorite uh, bait and switch when I was an evil car dealer back in the 70s and 60s. Uh, we would advertise a car without air conditioning because you could order it and we would th- we'd order Pontiac Grand Prix without air conditioning. and. We, we, we would advertise, I remember the price back in that day was $4,999, brand new Pontiac Grand Prix. And of course, when they came in to buy it, there was no air conditioning, there was no tinted glass, and a stick shift. We could actually get a Grand Prix with a column stick shift, no air conditioning, no tinted glass, and nobody would want to buy it. I mean, that's another story I'll tell you someday about. But they did. They did. <laughs> Rick? When I first started at your dealership back in the early 90s, we would still get uh, pickups in, Toyota pickup trucks, with no air conditioning. And you could buy from Toyota the kit that we would then install and add air conditioning onto the pickup. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 
That's a, that's well, a, in the old <clears> days, <throat> Sears and uh, J.C. Penney and all had an automobile department, and they put added on air conditioning to yeah. almost any brand car. Yeah. yeah. And now they're Those making were the days, a, my friend. You read, you read it up. In Oregon now, Portland, they're talking about making uh, air conditioning mandatory, and if, if, you, if you can't afford air conditioning, uh, the government will buy it for you because it's considered a necessity. Uh, people out there are dying from uh, yeah. from the heat because of the air conditioning, and and uh, and back is you know, we're talking about the days where nobody had it, and uh, you know it's the good thing about science. Air conditioning is one of the best things for uh, ever hit science. So I don't know how Florida would be occupied. <laughs> right. yeah. Thank you, John. It's good, always good to hear you. Call All right, I hope it. you get your call for soon. It's been oh, forever. Thank you. Yeah, thank that's you. for sure, John. <laughs> hey, John, was the uh, was the car show uh, canceled out in New York oh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. As far as I know, but I'm gonna tell you this much, which is nice about it. Every Tuesday, and it's sponsored by the uh, your show, your radio show, in Tuesday nights in uh, Hutchinson Island at the Elliott Museum is a nice car show. And it's pleasant because there's no judging, nothing. It's just, you know, cars and coffee. And it's uh, every Tuesday at 5.30 to 7.30 at the L.A. Museum. And your radio station is one of the big sponsors of that car show. And it's interesting. Yeah, Rick's so got something to, to say, that. I think. Rick, what were you saying? I think one of my favorite things that I ever saw in history of a, uh, an add-on for a car was a factory option where they had a... Um, turntable for the back seat to play records actual the the vinyl records uh-huh. in your car through the stereo system oh that's interesting i interesting. thought that was so awesome it was this fold yeah. down thing came out of the seat and it actually no. was a record player wow no. okay <laughs> let's move along here thank you john we'll talk that's to you crazy. next week okay have a great weekend john 877-960-9960 ladies 50 dollars mm-hmm. for the first two new lady callers give us a call say hello 772-497-6530 you can text us uh for everyone else and uh your anonymous feedback don't forget your anonymous feedback.com now we're going to go back to Stu. okay we have another text from Anne marie Anne marie wants to know if a blind spot monitor can be added to an older car and i looked it up yeah I don't. I, I can't vouch for how good they are, but Rick, you got some experience with this. I've actually seen a, a couple companies now that are making the add-on system, and I've seen it installed in one car that came in a while back, and yeah, the, some of the reports are very, very good, and the uh, feedback from customers has been Somebody very pull good. Somebody uh, pull it up on Amazon, see if they carry it, and look at the customer reviews. That's my uh, kind of like consumer reports now when I buy anything. I always sort on Amazon by, uh, you know, four star plus reviews, and I don't look at anything without four star plus. Yep. Then I look for something with a whole bunch of reviews. Then I read the reviews, and it's almost like a consumer report. So if you can find a blindside monitor, I said earlier in the show I would not buy a car without the blind spot monitor. So if you don't have to buy a new car and you can get one that's highly reliable. Uh, that's a great idea to install it. Anne Marie, you're a genius. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> she practically invented it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. This is from Sandy in Boca. Uh, says the GM recall on bolts. That's the GM Bolt electric car. Uh, the GM recall on bolts for fire danger sounds just like another example of how we are rushing to electric cars 
before making sure the technology is safe. I would love to get your take on this, Earl, and that's from Sandy in Boca. I think the problem is that uh, the the media loves uh, if it leads if it exciting. leads sensationalizing yeah, it, the old thing. Uh, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. If you, if something is terrible, so things get hyped. And uh, if you look at, you take the Tesla with the autonomous. Uh, if you look at the number of cars that have had a problem with that, it's minuscule in terms of the total number of Teslas sold. Uh, the, the Chevrolet Bolt, the fires, is minuscule. Uh, uh, no one's been injured in the fires. Uh, they're not good. They got to be fixed. But everything is. Everything is a matter of uh, percentages and proportion. And uh, I think that electric cars are a foregone conclusion. Uh, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And it's a great thing. And the issues that you have with any new technology come with the territory. They happen with a combustion engine, and they happen with every innovation we've ever had. Yeah. That's everybody claimed uh, uh, cars and uh, internal combustion cars were dangerous when uh, when the first ax the first yeah. time someone got run over. But yeah. you know, a horse carriage. I'm ran sticking over with somebody. my horse. You know, I got to get me one go. of those horseless okay, carriages. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go back to the phones, and I do have my first new lady caller, and Hallelujah. she's calling from Royal Palm Beach. Good morning, Tina. Congratulations. Good morning. Thank you. You won yourself fifty dollars. Email I me know. with your email me with your information, and I'll send that check out to you ASAP. I, I will. That's oh. not really the reason why I was calling, but that's great. The fifty dollars is wonderful. Um, I've been listening to you guys for quite a few months, and I get out here on Saturdays doing my errands, and I'm listening to you, and I. I started owning a Toyota when I was in 1974, when I was 15 years old, oh. and my dad bought me a brand new one in North Carolina, off the floor. <laughs> wow! And uh, he had a, uh, I had a, I got a Toyota Celica at the time, and he had a '72 Toyota Celica, and then he traded it in for a uh, Toyota pickup truck after I got my little Celica. And um, then uh, in 1992, I got a brand new Toyota Paseo. I still have the Toyota Paseo. It has 298,000 miles on wow. it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> wow. And I, it, uh, other than some rust up by the sun shield, uh, where um, the sunroof, where the sunroof is, I haven't had any problems with, with this car at all. Well, that's wonderful. That's a lot of miles, and you, I can tell you take good care of it. That's the whole thing. If you take care of that car, according to the owner's manual, it'll last a long time. All cars will today. The cars built today are just amazing. All brands, all makes. Uh, it's, it's really hard to get a, a bad car by comparison with, you know, many, many years ago, the way the quality's improved. Yeah, and Tina, it's amazing what happens when you take care of, uh, you know, your vehicle, any vehicle. You take care of your car, your car will take care of you. And that's a great well, story. It, yeah, I wanted to share that. I wanted to share with you guys and tell you out there that 
I'm 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 a Toyota fan through and through. Always, 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 always. And um, I'll tell you what. Yes, you do take care of it. Timing belt was done every sixty thousand miles religiously. It still is. Um, the clutch. It's a six shift um, and uh, five speed. And uh, the clutch actually um, lasted to 160,000 miles before I had to change it out. Um, it's, it's, you know, you got to do, if people just take care of their, their vehicles, like you said, they take care of themselves. You know, you just got to do the oil changes properly, on time, do everything that you need to do. And I wanted to share this story because um, it's just, it. You know, it's amazing. I listen to your show, and I hear people with different things, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I don't know how that could have happened to that person, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and and I, 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 I to, like I you comparing the car to your, you know, to, to us humans. We don't take care of ourselves. You know what you get, what the end result is. So if you're looking at your car at the same way, you're going to have it forever or almost have forever. Almost. I don't know if we'll live forever, if our vehicles will live forever, but I can tell you what, um, this little car has never had any issues. Knock on wood, you know, the brakes have been changed, you know, different things uh, have gone, some seals here and there. Um, yes, the air conditioning went out uh, a little bit ago, <laughs> and uh, I am... Um, I just uh, I just deal with that because I don't want to get another air conditioner. And there I have my sunroof and my windows, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Sound like um, a r real car chick. And we do appreciate yeah. your phone call, that's for sure. And uh, you, you're an example for the other ladies that are listening, giving them courage to give me a call because some of them are just, a, you know, a little hesitant to be on the air. And I, I can't thank you enough. Well, you're welcome. You're and, so welcome. And, and thanks for I listening. This. You're welcome. I listen every Saturday. I love your show. I love hearing about all the stories about everybody's other different vehicles. And That's great. And the Teslas, the Teslas don't do anything for me. I'm not a Tesla chick, you know, but um, I could afford one if I wanted one. But I can tell you, I they don't do a lot for me, but a Toyota does. Yes, exactly. Well, give us a call next week. I'll talk to you about the Cybertruck uh, and spread oh, the word. All righty, then. <laughs> spread the word uh, to your lady friends. And uh, thanks again. And send me your contact information. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Maybe. I will. Do you have an email address you want me to send, that you want me to send this to? Yes, you can. And uh, you can go to Earl, Earl on uh, Cars, and, and uh, you can, just in case you don't have a pencil right now, uh, you can uh, get the information there. Nancy S. at Earl Stewart Toyota. Okay. Sounds Alrighty. great. Thanks, Tina. Thank yes, you very much. Have Thank a great you. day. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Stu. We have a text from Scott and Stuart. And that's Stuart, Florida, not one of us. Uh, Scott and Stuart says, is it a better time now to lease or buy? Um, and that was for Earl. It's not a, a question of time. Uh, Any time, you know, one is a viable alternative. Each, each is viable. 
Uh, there are pros and cons. You go to EarlonCars.com. I've probably done a, a dozen blog articles on leasing versus buying. Uh, I always sum it up because we're talking to you know 40,000 people out there right now. Uh, all things being equal for the average person that wants a new vehicle, it's safer to buy a car than lease a car in terms of getting a good deal. But there are circumstances, and if you do your homework and you're careful, leasing can be the better alternative. I do say this because we have a lot of folks out there that are my age and, and older, and, and uh, when, you're, when, you, when you are thinking about buying or leasing a car, and you're not sure that your health is going to permit you to continue to drive it for the length of the lease, you're better off to buy it. Because when you're leasing the car, you're fully obligated for every payment. A 36-month lease means you make 36 payments. You might make two payments and find out the doctor says you shouldn't be driving anymore, but you got 34 payments that the leasing company is going to de demand you make. If you bought the car, uh, at least you have the ability to sell it. Uh, you don't own the car when you lease it. The leasing company does, and they want their money. I think it's a tough call to make. I know that right now we see uh, used car values are inflated, and but we don't know. If you if you sign up for a three-year lease right now, um, then don't, the nice thing about a lease is that um, if you're going to drive it the full uh, three years or how long the lease is, um, you don't have to worry about resale value. That, that residual is determined in the beginning. Right now, with, if you're buying a car, we don't know what's going to happen at the other side of this thing. Is there going to be a glut of cars in the market? I mean, because you're going to overpay for a car with your leasing or buying right now anyway. You're going to pay more than you would have if the inventory was normal. Um, maybe there's some more stability with leasing, but we just don't know because we could have a completely unrecognizable situation in a year from now after the chip crisis uh, sorts itself out. Okay. Interesting. We're going to go back to the phones, and uh, we're going to talk to Dawn. Uh, he's going to update us on a few things. Good morning, Don. They have my Good Tesla. Morning. Uh, well, I found out from my son who did all the work on this Tesla, ordering it and whatnot, that uh, how long ago did you order your car? May. It was May, yeah. Wow. Um, he said some people are waiting seven months for their car, and the reason is some like it depends on your interior, tires, wheels, whatever you ordered, if there was a shortage of that. Upgraded the wheels. And apparently, oh, apparently we and did, uh, paint. We just got lucky, and yeah. we ordered ours with a $100 down payment <clears throat> July 28th, and it's here today. Oh. Um, well, I know when but, we ordered yours, they hadn't even started making them yet, so that's that was some of the lead time. So if you ordered now, they're actually they started production. Well, Don, let me know. You said you're going out to Morosa. I'll go out there, and, and at least I can look at a uh, Tesla plaid as you whip through the uh, trap at uh, 1.90 to 60. Yeah, you can come out there. I'll let you drive the car if you want. <laughs> well, congratulations. Anyway, uh, I'm excited anyway, for you. Did they tell you that it was at the service center here? No. They've been telling you three days or something, right? Yeah, they just have a, a, a arrival time of August 20th to August uh, 23rd. So that we're right in the middle right. of it. Well, <laughs> if it's in the service center, it could be another issue. Um, when they get here, they thoroughly inspect those cars and go through them. There could have been a problem that they haven't been able to fix yet for some uh, reason or other. Yeah. I would, I would suggest that you go down there and, you know, go to one of the 
people at the computer and they'll get your phone number. I imagine that's how you ordered it. Where, 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 where should I go, Don? Uh, the toilet. Well, if you just just Google uh, Tesla, it's just about three blocks on the east side of the turnpike on the south side of the road. It's a big service center. They, okay. They moved out of Dyer Road. That's what and, I'll do. Thank, thank you. Yeah, you go there, and I'm sure they'll take care of you, but don't feel bad that if some people are waiting seven months. We just got lucky that everything we ordered was they had. I got you. So, well, thanks, Dan. I appreciate you letting me know. You're welcome. Maybe I'll see you out the track. I look hope so. A white, <laughs> look for a white, a white Tesla plaid going 920. Okay. <laughs> you know, we, thanks, we'll Don. have the red and white. When I get mine in, we'll do the, uh, the red versus white plaid. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Don. Yeah, thanks a lot, Don. When Earl's <laughs> happy, I'm happy. Okay, uh, here's the situation. Uh, there's just been too much time spent on your Tesla, and we have not talked about my Barracuda. Uh -huh. I am leaving. <laughs> When's that coming in? Uh -huh. That'd be nice if you could find a vintage restored one. That'd be, make an excellent yeah. Christmas gift. <laughs> I'm waiting for my Cybertruck. <laughs> All right. Uh, isn't it? It's a scary thought. Me and Don out there, two old guys going 180 miles an hour. Uh, I'm glad you're at Marosa. <laughs> okay, we're going to go back to the phones and we're going to talk to John from Stewart. Good morning, John. Good morning. Welcome. Yeah, I have a 2002 uh, Toyota MR2 Spider. I've had it since it had like uh, 10,000 miles on it back in 2003. And uh, I went online, and I, I got a uh, thing that says, chip, chip my car. I'm supposed to give it, like, 40 more horsepower or something. So I put it in, and it does. It runs a lot better. It has more pedals, like, at the top end and stuff. But the um, uh, light, the engine, check engine light comes on, and I was wondering, is that something that's going to be, like, detrimental to the car? Because I called the company, and they said, well, they'll come and it comes on sometimes. You got, does Rick have any idea about that? You got to get a check diagnostic check, right, Rick? If you have modified the computer in any manner, um, there could be almost anything going on there because it, it, if there's the slightest little glitch, you could cause the whole car to just stop running. Well, um, shouldn't he put it on the <clears throat> uh, diagnostic machine? Uh, there'll be a code that'll indicate why the check engine light's coming well, we on? We could try that, but you, you got to bear in mind, he's he has changed something in the computer of yeah. the car. So that, I mean, automatically avoids the warranty, and by federal law, that actually can change how the car is running, and it yeah. can be illegal because it's changing step, emissions. The first step should be, let's see what the code is. Yeah, if, if it will respond. It could, it could be something entirely unrelated, and... Uh, it's possible. So, so we need to, you need to go, you can get a free check, right, mm -hmm. uh, Rick? You can go, where do you go, Pep Boys or someplace? And yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll pull the codes yeah, for you. Yeah, you can go to AutoZone or any of those yeah. places. And they'll, yeah, they'll yeah pull the code and then call us back and let us know what it says. Okay, but the thing about it is is that you have to put the chip into that ECU thing where you put the computer. Right, so, the DLC connector under the dash. Yes, sir, right, exactly. Okay. So I don't know if it is still read it if it's not in the plugged into the car. What do you think? Try it. Well, if it's a problem with that device, then nothing. We wouldn't have any system that would be able to talk to that device. 
Right, exactly, exactly. So it's hooked up on the data port. That's yes. where the chip is. Right. If he's, you take he's out, putting your device into the data port. If you pull the device out, is the check engine light still on? Um, Great question. I don't think it is, but I, I'll, I'll try that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that's the best answer so far. Thanks, sir. I'd, I'd pull that device out and drive the car and see if the condition goes away. Okay. Yeah, but I've been doing it for like six years, probably driving the car with that on there. There's nothing happening, and, and obviously it's a 2002, so it's, it's and it's got 89,000 miles. And I've never had any problems with the car, so I didn't. Right, but it, that that aftermarket device can fail pretty easily. Well, say I, you know, I, we're doing a lot of rambling here, but uh, mm -hmm. Stu, Stu's idea, pull it out and see if the check engine light goes off. Uh, that'll tell you that there's something that they're detecting that they don't like when you put when you put your your add-on device. Uh, and the other thing in my mind is a check engine light can mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, it can mean your gas cap's loose. So. Uh, we don't want to panic you into thinking your whole car is going to fall apart because you're going to put an aftermarket <laughs> device on there and the check engine light came on. So let's let's try unplugging it first and then uh, try to get a diagnostic reading on, on the vehicle and then we'll panic later on. Okay, sounds like a plan. I'll okay. let you guys know what happens. Thank you, John. All right, have a great day. Appreciate your you show. Too. All right, thanks. Thank you, John. Give us a call again. Uh, we're going to go back to Stu. He's got some texts over yep. there. Uh, last, uh, Two more texts, then we'll go over to anonymous feedback. Uh, it says, last week a caller asked about air conditioning repairs. Why are these so expensive? Because the dealers can get the money for it and you pay it. And I'm being halfway facetious. It is, uh, it is a lot of labor intensive and the parts are expensive and it's one of the more expensive repairs on a vehicle but you still need to get competitive bids because if you expect something to be you go into tiffany's and you buy a ring uh, you know you're going to pay a lot of money uh, you go in to get your air conditioning fix you know you're going to pay a lot of money and the person selling you the air conditioning knows that you know you're going to pay a lot of money so they try to get even more money so always get two or three competitive bids on an air conditioning repair 30 years ago, when I first started playing with cars, there was a panel on, say, just Toyota Camry. There was a little panel that you could access, and it would take a mechanic about an hour to get to this panel, take it off, <laughs> and remove the evaporator core, which was the most common part of the air conditioner that would start to leak. Yeah. And replacing an evaporator core, we would charge about two and a half to three hours labor to change that evaporator core recharge the system and you'd have cold air again yeah. if, if that was the leak which 90% of the time that's what happened now in order to change the evaporator core first you remove the entire dash then the big steel crash bar then you have a ginormous box that has the heater core the evaporator core and everything all in one unit you pull that out of the car disassemble it to replace the evaporator core that's in the very center of it Put it all back together and put the whole car back together, and it takes a day to a day and a half. Wow. And hmm. this is where this cost has come, and it's because they tried to make them much smaller and more tighter fit and more efficient because the engineers never imagined the idea that that evaporator core could start to leak one day. Right. So complicated. It's so important how, the vehicle, how vehicles are built 
um, and how easy repairs are. I mean, manufacturers, I don't know if it's something that they strive to make it easier to repair or, or more difficult, but that definitely drives up costs for consumers. Well, it seems like the engineers, when they design the cars, give no thought to the idea of repairing the car down the road. And if you don't believe it, just look at my arm here from working on a car the other day. Yeah. I was wondering I had to about shove that. my arm into places that it wasn't meant to go. And this is from hose clamps. This is rig bleeding to make your car safer. I, I literally, my arm was a sheet of blood. It yeah. just, and you, and you this know, is Rick, what my um, life is. This is what mechanics do. We make engineers look good right. because <laughs> we fix their mistakes. Let's there move along here. All right, next one. Another text that says, are there any other stickers that are required by law to be on a car for sale besides the Monroney label? Um, no. Yes, for used cars. Federal Trade Commission, you have to have the used car buyer's guide that informs you on your warranty in, in rights. In Florida, yeah. In Florida. Well, no, it's federal. It's FTC, Federal Trade Commission. I don't think so. I'll look it up, but I'm pretty certain I'm right. Um, but at least around here, until we fact check me. Yeah. Um, yeah, for used cars, there is required uh, by law to have a sticker on there. Okay, uh, we're going to go to uh, some YouTubes over there. Uh, go ahead, Rick. Yeah, we've got one, uh, Donovan Lewis, who comments quite often here says uh, there is a Tesla Center on Okeechobee and another one down in Delray but he says did Earl set up the Tesla app on his phone yet also what? set up the referral program for getting a thousand um, I guess a thousand miles of free supercharging he will huh. get a link and anyone that orders a car with that link will get a thousand miles of free supercharging on your new Tesla well, that's good to know. I have the app. I downloaded it, but I cannot activate the app until I get the Full key from the card key from uh, Tesla. And I can't yeah. get the card key until they give me my damn car. <laughs> so there you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I just sent you the uh, my fact-checking. It is from the Federal Trade Commission that requires the used cars buyer's guide. Okay. Well, I see by the clock that we're going to turn our phones off. And uh, we're going to ask uh, our audience to, well, vote on the mystery shopping report uh, from uh, Mazda of uh, Palm Beach. Uh, so uh, we're going to get to that shortly, but we're going to finish up on some texts and YouTubes. Okay. Well, we have some anonymous feedback. Uh, first one, we'll try and get through these quickly. First one just says, off-lease only are a bunch of scam artists. Must say, must not say more. They have, they have dangerous and deceptive sales practices. Well, let me just jump in there, and uh, I know Stu will agree with this. Uh, uh, they're, no, they're certainly not worse than anybody else selling used cars out there. They, uh, they, they sell a lot more used cars, and they're bigger, and uh, uh, they do have, actually, in terms of uh, integrity, uh, they're a little better than most of the used car dealers. So um, volume, uh, you're going to have more complaints because you sell more cars. Uh, we know the owner, uh, and he's called this show. Uh, they do some things that we're not in favor of. They have a smaller dealer fee than the average dealer does. Uh, they, uh, they sell their cars at our lower price than the average car is sold for, and they sell some cars at other used car dealers wouldn't sell because of the damages on the cars when they buy them. So 
it's kind of like uh, the Walmart of the used car lots. Uh, you get you 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 exercise due diligence. You get the car checked by a mechanic, and you get a better price at off-lease only, generally, than you can at another dealer. And by the way, today you don't get a good price on a used car anywhere, even at off-lease. Okay. More anonymous feedback. Good morning. The following question is for Rick. I have a 2009 Kia Optima. The battery light turned on for a few moments, and my car almost died. It was raining very bad when this happened. The battery is almost three years old. What could be some of the causes? Could it be something besides the battery or alternator? Uh, most likely, and I'm going to kind of go on a limb here, if it only happened that one occasion, you probably had some water splash up onto the drive belt and the alternator slipped a little bit, which the computer then sees a drop in voltage and the computer reads that as the alternator possibly having a problem. Now, if it hasn't occurred since then, I wouldn't worry too much about it, but I would have someone look at the drive belt and make sure your belts are in good shape and also hook up a tester, which we have uh, special electronic testers now that will test not only the battery very accurately, but also test the alternator's output and make sure it's operating normally. All right, sounds like a, a simple solution. Next anonymous feedback. With the alarming and frankly embarrassing surge in the Delta variant shining an ugly light on the angry divisions on mask wearing, I'd like to know how your business is navigating this. It's tough. It's a challenge. You know, we went to uh, allowing our employees and customers that have been vaccinated not to wear the mask. Delta variant came in, and uh, uh, because of the surge in infections, uh, we went back to mask wearing for everyone, and uh, including our customers. So uh, we're trying to be ultra careful and, uh, you know, lives and health trump car sales. And uh, so we just have to bear with it and live with it like everybody else in the world is and do our best. Okay. Next one. Earl, I know your frustration on not getting your Tesla. Now you understand what us common people go through with yeah, all manufacturers. I did. I'm humbled. Be, be I'm, patient. <laughs> no, really. Uh, it's been a pleasurable experience in the sense that I got educated, and here I am, uh, you know, been in the business all these years. I was able to experience, I still am, the emotion and anger and frustration of trying to deal with a big company and watching this guy, uh, Elon Musk, you know, tap dancing and having fun on TV, and he's the, he's the uh, child star of, uh, of the media, and uh, he's got this huge business, and in my opinion, he's not treating his customers the way he should. And of course, that's what this show's all about. And uh, but I am I I I I'm more able to serve you and Earl on cars and have the empathy for the people that are getting knocked around out there by car dealers. Because here I am, a car dealer getting knocked around by another car dealer. Okay, here we go. Next one. Uh, would you agree? And this Rick, pay attention to this one. Would you agree that the most reliable car, in other words, a car that will have the highest chance of going 500,000 miles with proper service, would be a Toyota 4Runner of all the new Toyotas for sale? The 4.0 V6 and 5-speed is very old and proven technology. Mm, I wouldn't agree with that, no. I, I think there are others out there that 
might have the edge. I think Subaru has got a couple of cars that might have an edge on the Forerunner. Um, Honda has got one or two. We were just talking about Toyotas, of yeah. all the Toyotas. But if you wanted to say just Toyota, then I would say, yeah, the Forerunner would have a, a pretty good chance of it. Okay. I, and let, let, let me just say this. I don't want to get too granular here, but you, know, you could take any model in the Toyota line or Subaru line or any line, yeah. and every car that comes off the manufacturer's line, even the same year make model, is a little different. Yes. And you can take uh, any make car and any model car, and if you go through all the production, you'll find one of those cars that's got 500, 600,000 miles on it, and they say, boy, what a great car this is. And you'll have another exact year make model car came off the same assembly line, and uh, the car blew up and uh, just right after it got out of warranty, and they say, I'll never buy another one of those. It's junk. So you have, uh, uh, there's, when you look at the uh, particular year make model car, they're not all the same. They're all different. And the person that bought it and how he maintained it is different. So there's so many variables, it's impossible to answer that question. And as, as silly as things can happen, too, on the assembly line, we just had a vehicle come in that when the customer would use the tilt feature on their steering wheel, the car would suddenly act up, and it was because the connector plug wasn't pushed in quite yeah. all the way to snap in place like it should have been. I mean, it just... Yeah, and where we see... A minor where, thing. Where we see variation in spades, and it's irritating to us in the business. Same year make model vehicle, one will get, uh, correct me, I'm, I'm probably going to make these numbers up so you fine-tune me, uh, that, that will get burn a quart of oil in 5,000 miles, the same year make model burn a quart of oil in 20,000 miles. Yes. Now, is that amazing? The same car off the same assembly line. So if, if, if the tolerances in the engine that cause the oil consumption to be up or down can vary that much, you just can't say that's a really good year make model car for sure. On the average, you can say, but yep. there's always variables. I'm going to have to move you along now. <laughs> <laughs> we have to move along now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Moving <laughs> along. We have a couple more. Uh, this, this is another, I think it might be the same uh, fellow here. It says, does this Toyota Supra, Supra's inline six engine expect to be as reliable as a V6 made by Toyota? Because I know that BMW makes that inline six, correct? Yes, they yes. do. Okay, so I'm just surprised Toyota would use a BMW image. Oh, they said that BMW engine their Supra. Real quick, inline six is reliable as the Toyota mm. V8. I mean V6. Again, you're going to have so many variables. Okay. Time will tell. All right. Okay. Here's something I think Earl will get into a little bit more. When a dealer does um, work on a used car to be put for sale, and bill it to their service department. Is that the full cost build or is there a reduced cost? How much money will a dealer put into a used car for sale? Every uh, dealer's different. Yep, um, but it is there. There's there's a rate for internal work, so typically that's less. But there are dealers that we know that do charge uh, um, full price to their used car departments, the same as that they charge to their customers. And that's, that's recommended by dealer financial advisors uh, called Twenty Groups. Uh, so when you're trying to make a lot of money with the Twenty Groups and the advice to dealers is. Charge your used car department the same thing right. you charge your customer. Right, and then there's guidelines too. So typically, um, a used car dealer a dealership is going to put around a thousand eight hundred to fifteen hundred. I'm going to give you a pretty big range, but it does vary. Depends on the business model. Some dealerships want to fi fix everything. Others don't want to fix anything and sell them cheaper. Yeah. That's closer exactly. to like yeah. to uh, 
uh, off lease only's model. Exactly. Um, let's see here. And then, oh, this might be from the same person. What are some of the costs to a dealer that are factored into a car price? And how much do service advisors get paid in commission? Well, on the commission thing, a service advisor depends on the dealer, makes anywhere from 10 to 14% of the profit on the, on the repair or maintenance. Um, and they have bonuses on customer satisfaction, all sorts of stuff. And the, fox the costs are factored in, I'm assuming this is for used cars, it's going to be that amount that they spend um, reconditioning the car, fixing things, getting it ready for sale. And like I just mentioned, it could run around $1,000 a car. All right. We're all caught up. Okay, let's uh, move on to the Mystery Shopping Report. This is uh, Mazda of Palm Beach, and they're in North Palm Beach on North Lake Boulevard and Prosperity Farms. All A1A? They're they on A1A, A1A and yeah. North Lake Boulevard. And, and folks, before Earl gets started on the Mystery Shopping Report, let me remind you that uh, we would love to hear from you. We'd love you to vote on the Mystery Shopping Report uh, because uh, Agent Lightning uh, did another fabulous job and I uh, just want to give her a little recognition. We're going to go to the mystery shop of Mazda of Palm Beach. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, Mazda Palm Beach. Uh, in 2017, Greco Mazda, it's either Greco or Greco, on North Lake Boulevard in North Palm Beach was sold to Don T. Leah, a car dealer from New York, LIA. The Leah Auto Group consists of 22 dealerships, pretty big. New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts. Uh, Gricko Maswell was actually sold to a company called Palm Beach Autoplex LLC, which is owned and managed by Leah, and he renamed the dealership Mazda Palm Beach. Uh, all this tells me as I read this is that uh, car dealers are getting bigger and bigger. Uh, the individual dealers, uh, one, two stores are getting smaller, and uh, 22 is not really a big group now. You've got hundreds of dealerships and groups, and uh, the, this tells me and should tell you as a car buyer, you're dealing with big corporations now. You're not dealing with the car dealers as you used to know car dealers. I don't know whether that's good or bad. It's got, actually, it's both. Corporations, large companies are bigger targets. They're more subject to lawsuits. They have to be a little bit more careful. Uh, but it's, it's a different ballgame. The idea of being able to get through to an owner or someone in charge is more and more difficult when you're dealing with giant corporations. Just think about me trying to talk to Elon Musk about my Tesla. Ain't gonna happen .com. All right, back to the Mystery Shopping Report when the Greco's own this location, uh, Mazda Palm Beach. We mystery shopped it all the time. Some our greatest reports came out of Greco, Mazda, North Palm Beach. Greco's got dealerships all over South Florida too. They're another pretty big group, uh, family owned, but big. and. Uh, it's not what you call a, a mom and pop store anymore. Uh, we sold the story of the, we've told the story of the famous ghost car. Regular listeners know Greco had a car that they didn't have, that they advertised a uh, low ball price on, wouldn't sell the car, and uh, we could never find it. We shopped a couple of locations for the same car, could never find it, and we called it the ghost car. Kind of funny, really, really deceptive and uh, totally unacceptable. Uh, anyway, since Leah, the new owner, took over, we've investigated twice back in 2017, just a few months after the change in ownership. That mission, courtesy of legendary mystery shopper Agent X, I miss Agent X, I hope he's okay. Uh, 
You put the dealership back on the recommended list after being off for quite a while. The second time was in February of this year. Uh, when Agent Lightning went back, the experience was pretty much the same. Typical uh, car biz stuff, nothing too outrageous. They got to stay on the recommended list and we do great on the curve. Uh, we're not looking for perfection because perfection does not exist. So everything is, if you're going to buy a car, this is better than that dealership, but it's nothing. There's no car dealer out there that you're going to have to be careful of when you buy a car. Uh, we're fulfilling our promise to uh, not let you uh, spend too much time uh, before reshopping a dealership. Uh, we don't like to give a guy a grade, a dealership a grade, and just leave the grade there because things change all the time. Sometimes it's just the salesman you get. So we keep going back and we keep uh, giving everybody a chance to get on the list or off the list. Recommended, I mean. Agent Lightning was called again to investigate. There was a report, speaking in the first person, I'm Agent Lightning. I arrived at Mazda Palm Beach late morning, parked, entered the showroom. I was greeted by a salesman named Mark. As soon as I walked in, Mark was not wearing a mask, nor was anyone else. Uh, I have to editorialize here. Shocking, disappointing, and uh, disturbing uh, that someone in the middle of this uh, Delta variant uh, with a record. Florida is, what, Florida, Texas, and a couple of other states. Or the epicenter of the world. Epicenter of the yeah. world. And here is a business not requiring anybody to wear a mask. Shocking. Uh, should be, they should close them down. Uh, salesman asked me uh, what he could help with, and I told him I was car shopping for my son. I said that my main interest is in safety uh, after the price. And she's talking about car safety, not COVID safety, because uh, I, I feel bad now about sending her into that uh, situation. And uh, I hope she was wearing a mask. I didn't ask her. Oh, yeah. She's, she's wearing Good. a mask and yeah. vaccinated. And nobody else is, yeah. And she's vaccinated. Uh, <clears throat> Mark, salesman, said that the Mazda 3 is the safest car they had. It was equipped with all the safety features we could possibly want. He quickly shifted gears to ask me if I had heard about the chip shortage. I said, I'd read about it. Mark said he didn't believe it was real. Strange. <laughs> but his first salesman ever said that. But he acknowledged the low inventory. He said they only stock about 20 new cars when normally it's around 200. Yeah. I'll, I'll believe that. He knows they have no cars. He doesn't believe the reason <laughs> they told him. Nah, right. there's got to be another reason. Yeah. He went on for a while about how crazy the times were. Then he reported that there were only about two Mazda 3s in stock. There was one on the showroom floor that was priced less, and one with a premium package outside. I asked Agent Lightning uh, if they would drive the same. He said they would, and I suggested, well, let's drive the price here one, but work out a deal on the one on the showroom, the lower price one. He agreed. I waited for a little while for Mark to get the keys, find the car, met him outside, walked around the car with him. Uh, Mark gave a brief presentation before he went out for a test drive up and down A1A. He was mostly quiet, occasionally pointing out a cool feature here and there. We returned to the dealership and Mark led me to his desk. As he was gathering my information, he noticed that I was in their system, I was in the computer. Uh-oh, I had to worry a little bit there. He asked me who my salesperson was last time. I said, I have no idea, I've shopped so many dealerships. <laughs> right, she probably doesn't remember. Yeah, right. We can look it up though. Yeah. 
I said, I had no idea it was a while ago. So we, she got through that. I mean, we worry about our mystery shopper being busted, burned. Yeah. Uh, that's an unpleasant experience. And, you know, it might happen. Right. Because but it's not th- uncommon. Like, we, we justify it, and we, like, even yeah. at our dealership, we have people that come and buy a shop in May, don't buy anything, shop oh, six sure. months yeah. later, and, yeah, yeah we see yeah. them all the time. But Agent Lighting, didn't, I don't think she fully, she, yeah. she had to get a little palpitation there. Yeah. Mark was very interested in knowing if I was buying today. He asked several times, and I worked the phrase buying today a few times into our conversation. That's by the book. That's what they tell you to do. Subliminal mind control. Exactly. I buy today. He did a good job convincing me that Mazda was making a good car these days, and they are. I'm, frankly, I'm, I was the first Mazda dealer in the eastern United States, and I'm frankly surprised it's the quality yeah. of the car today. In recent years, they've really... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've really done a job on quality. He showed me a laminated page from Consumer Reports showing Mazda to be the most reliable brand. It's By the way, that's illegal. Uh, Consumer Reports doesn't allow you to do that. Everybody does it, but yeah. not supposed to. But the fact is, uh, true. they do get... They are, and that was... The, yeah. I, I checked the date on it to make sure it wasn't... A, it was, it was tw- uh, November 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He complimented me on picking up, uh, picking such a good car. He said I'd get a great deal before he left to get the pricing. He reminded me that it had all the safety features. It gets 30 miles per gallon. Doing a lot of selling. Yeah. I waited at the desk for 18 minutes, approximately. <laughs> no, exactly. No. <laughs> Mark came back with a worksheet. The selling price was MSRP, 23845 He says it was MSRP. Then they added... $269.95 for a window tent. Oh, jeez. $495 for Resistol. Uh, who cares what that is? I mean, uh, it's nothing. $495 for Crystal Fusion. <laughs> Sounds like a stripper's name. <laughs> Crystal Fusion. And, uh, Crystal my apologies. That's a politically incorrect statement. That's what I think of. Yeah, exactly. And $189 for all weather mats. Total purchase price came to $25,293. Then they added $400 in taxable fees, and of course we know those are dealer fees. And $999, $999 doc fee. And of course, that's a dealer fee. The doc, that's for the doctor. <laughs> right. He asked me if I was ready to buy right now. And another close. I mean, uh, he, uh, Martin, what was his name? Mark. Mark, yeah. Mark is uh, going for the close. Uh, and he listened to this training very well. Uh, he asked me if I'm ready to buy now. I said I was ready to buy today, but I didn't understand why they added all that stuff, like Resistol. I said I didn't ask for or want any of it. I said, in any case, I needed my son's approval on the car. Mark picked up a jar filled with liquid and what looked, <laughs> what looked like crystals and try to demonstrate how crystal fusion works. So, so the salesman, now when they tell you, I'm not gonna buy any of that crap. Show them this jar. You take, you take this jar. Uh, yeah. I'm sure and, it's like some professional visual aid. Exactly. You know, and, some and, kind and, of and science, so, pseudoscience or. So I stopped him <laughs> and said, all the add-on, all of the add-on crap, and that's crystal, that's like Agent Lightning's words, were deal breakers. I love that. I mean, no mincing words. All that crap is a deal breaker. You gotta you got get firm. Um, a lot of people can't do that, by the way. He got up and said he tried to do something for me. Came back 10 minutes later with another worksheet. This one, this one had on, uh, uh, 
had only the $400 in taxable fees and $999 in dock fees, so that's $1,400 in hidden fees. But there was no tent, no crystal blue persuasion. <laughs> what was it? Sorry, I just wanted you to say crystal blue persuasion on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Or reinstall. I thanked him for getting those taken off, but told him I still thought the price was high. I was paying more than MSRP with the fees. Now, car dealers on the average, 75% of all cars sold today are over MSRP, so yeah. this is just normal. Mark talked about inventories and prices. Eventually, I stopped him and said I would discuss the deal with my family and get back to him. So there we are. And uh, uh, kind of a normal operation. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to. I'll put uh, my score in anybody's brain. Score for yourself. Think about it. Uh, we score on the curve, and the question is, compared to other car dealers, are they good, bad, or ugly? Are they uh, A, B, C, D? And if you give them an F, then they go on the do not buy list. So let's hear your scores. Well, we only have uh, one grade that came in so far. It's from Linda, and Linda gives them an F. She says it needs, needs the mask, so she's failing them based on that. Yeah. And then we have another Vincent uh, just commented on all the fees and the add-ons, but and nothing coming in. I, I'm gonna feel. I feel like this is similar to the last one, and um, we gave him a passing grade last time. Um, I'm gonna give him a C. Yeah, uh, I, I I can see that. Uh, what, uh, Rick? Do you have any scores? So far, I've got Donovan. They get an F for fees. Uh, Tim Gilliland with a C minus. I don't see nothing on the other channel just yet. Uh, we'll call them out as they come in here. Yeah. Uh, myself, I'm going to go with a D minus, barely passing. They're they're playing the typical games, but uh, you know but, if but you beat them up, I think you get there. You know, I, I really have mixed emotions about the grade and the mask. The fact that they have no mask on anybody in the dealership uh, is shocking to me. But it's not. You know, this is a different matter than their sales practices and 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 their deception. So I'm I'm still my mind's whirling as to what my score is going to be. But well, maybe this will help. We have some more coming in. Uh, Mark, longtime listener, caller, gives him a C minus for typical add-on crap, <laughs> and Bob uh, gives him a C. Uh, so now we, we seem to have a lot of C's. And I've got uh, Negan with an F, no mask, D on the deal. Rico West, D for don't buy a car yet. Karen is coming in with a D. Guy Larrabee, a C. Uh, Brian Sedlaco, a C. Ernesto, a C. Mark Smith, C. Mark Ryan, a D plus. Yeah. This is uh, Sunrise, AKA Nancy. I uh, <clears throat> too give them an F. I give them an F from the uh, mass situation. I give him an F for the crystal fusion situation. I give him an F for the uh, weather mats. Uh, give him an F all the way around. They have disappointed me again. You know, uh, what do you say, Stan? It's, it's up to you. Well, we've already chimed in. It's a tough uh, one. What was your grade? I gave oh, him a C. C. I gave him yep. a C. But if I, gave, if I was allowed to give two grades, like yeah. two different courses, they, they have failed the COVID course, and they have done just a middling performance on their sales practice. Okay, let, let's do this. Uh, well, let's make a, a policy change in our, in our scoring, because who knows what this uh, COVID thing is going to evolve to or, 
away or, or what's going to happen, Delta variant. It's scary out there, folks. And if you're in different parts of the country, we're in Florida, and uh, uh, we, we have a particularly bad situation here. Here's what I suggest. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to go along with Stu's grade. I'm going to give him a C for sales practices because it was just a, a normal dealership uh, trying to sell cars and, and far better than a lot of others who lie, cheat, and steal. Uh, the uh, no mask is unforgivable, but it's during the COVID uh, situation. Uh, I would, uh, let's put them on the recommended list with a memo okay. that they, nobody in the dealership wears masks. Now, if, if you're one of these people out there that don't mind shopping without a mask and going in places without a mask, and, and maybe you don't even want to get a vaccination, and there are a lot of people out there like that, too many in my opinion, but if that's the way you feel, go in to uh, Grico, Palm Beach Mazda, not Grico, Palm Beach Mazda and uh, North Palm Beach, and you will get average treatment. But memo on the Earl and Cars recommended list, nobody wears masks at that dealership. There we go. Okay. It'll be a memo. All right, great show. Okay, we got a little bit of time. You uh, Do we have time for another text uh, to... Uh, Let's yeah. see. What did what, we got one coming in? Nope. We're, we got all all caught up. How you doing over there? Well, we did have a uh, extra note from Donovan here. It says uh, the BMW inline sixes. Going back to that question on the uh, supermotor, are really well made, but a turbo inline six with 400 horsepower versus a naturally aspirated V6. Usually the non-turbo engine would last longer, I would think. That's Donovan coming in with a great opinion there. I I got to tell you, he seems very well educated on a lot of the issues that we come up with on our cars, and he seems to know Teslas really, really well. I think he's owned a couple of them. Yeah. No, I like uh, I like callers like that. We learn a lot from these guys and uh, and textures, I should say. But uh, we have a lot of extremely informed. <coughs> Uh, people out there that uh, I think uh, I have to get make a pitch if we got the time for the vigilantes. If you're one of those informed people, go to Earl on Cars, sign up, be Earl's vigilante. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We'll be right back here next weekend, Saturday morning. Stay tuned for Earl on Cars. Stay safe. <laughs>